one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Howling Salt Mine, everybody. Tony just muted and burped or something. I did. That's <laughs> why I rip. muted it. Flat rip. <laughs> oh, oh man. So good. Uh, this is the podcast where we burp into those oh, salty, God. salty minds. <laughs> <laughs> and we find the saltiest posts that we can. Those from the Magic the Gathering subreddits. Oh, God. Killing it. So smooth. Smooth as butter. Yeah, I'm doing a really good job. Killing it. He killed it all right. So we get the salty posts. We read them and talk about them uh, for you, for your entertainment. Nice. Good save. And I'm your host, Sam. (laughs) And I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. Say hello, friends. Hey. Hello. Cool. Nice. (laughs) Did it. (laughs) So what's new with you guys? We just recorded an episode back to back. So. We're uh we're a little punchier than normal. That Always. means this one's gonna be good. I talked about it in our Discord because I love it, but I love Christmas. It's like a big thing for me. Oh yeah. And like for the first time in like 10-ish years, probably, I got to put up this village. So like every year so I like put up this like Christmas village. And it was like this thing that I always did with my grandmother. And so it's like I just haven't done it in a long time because I didn't live somewhere that I had room to put it up. And most people would be like, what do you mean a christmas village is like a tiny thing that could fit most places however when you're like an addict like me i have like four six foot by two and a half foot tables so do the math fans like that's a lot of area to cover like (laughs) it's a lot of square footage there's like a whole (laughs) corner of my basement that is now just consumed by not one village but like two i have like two villages and like a forest in between and like I've got the Polar Express running around. I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking here for it. Amazing. Now, Tony, for people who don't celebrate Christmas or just generally don't know what the fuck you're talking about, what is a Christmas village? That's a great question. Uh, a Christmas village <laughs> was started by, it's similar to like Halloween and the candy companies. Like they were like, oh, people will collect little porcelain uh, houses <laughs> and fucking buy this shit. It's like any other thing. It's like a decoration aspect to the holiday. And so like, for me, that's actually what I love about Christmas. There's like all the decorating and kind of put everything up. So it's like the, the actual holiday itself, like it's like fine, but I like getting a tree and putting up a tree and doing all these things. So it's like, like these figurines and things that we have are like, Half of them are from like my grandmother's childhood. There's a mix. So like I have houses. still haven't said what they are. <laughs> oh, sorry. I haven't even gotten there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just We're so figuring. hyped on I'm, the Christmas I'm energy. getting into the spirit of Christmas right now. So like I needed, <laughs> needed some air for that, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're winding up. <laughs> so it's like my grandmother started collecting these houses. And so there's like a mix. We have like houses and then people uh, and like, over time, I, I've i like collected them myself and like Department 56 uh, is like the company that 
makes the vast majority of these i'm sure there's like other brands and stuff but like they're like a big i actually don't know if they went out of business or if they're still around i assume they're still around i haven't bought something in a long time but like it's an interesting business model because literally all i knew them for was making like this shit (laughs) it's like only good one time of year right (laughs) but like i also actually got uh my mother got me the original dickens uh village like the whole like uh christmas carol story Hmm from like a thrift store like somebody like brought it in and it was like 300 bucks for everything wow so it like doubled the size of the collection which caused me to move to this like table <laughs> like because there's nowhere else to fucking put it i used to put it around our christmas tree actually on the floor hmm. yeah like around you didn't it have we did really my cat would fuck that up so hard at Christmas time, the cats would just be like left downstairs like they just yeah. didn't get to come upstairs and the dogs we had were like usually chill they weren't like much of a problem and there was a couple of years where we like put up a gate around it which then sort of defeated the purpose but then again we started putting it like up it was a gated community that year yeah basically (laughs) (laughs) no dogs allowed the one year like we had this cat harry who got up there and you could see like it's like this a monster was attacking the town because you saw these like huge like like paw prints all over the place when he was up there like walking around like knocking shit over yeah that so that's my great, story man. of what's happened to me. <laughs> that's awesome. I don't have too many Christmas traditions. My big one is that, uh, you know, we put up the Christmas tree and decorate it and watch White Christmas. Nice. Which, um, it's just like my feel good holiday movie. Been watching it since I was a kid with my grandpa. My grandpa was in World War II. So it's like very affecting. When, mm, when yeah. we used to watch with him, it's like the only time I'd ever see him cry was like watching that movie. So now I just fucking weep like a baby when I watch yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I have my my Christmas tree with my Magic the Gathering star that is on right. the top, uh, which my wife made like, oh man, she must have made that like eight. I don't know. It was, it was before we got married. So she probably made that like nine or 10 years ago. Um God, man, I didn't even... know she made it. Yeah, she made it, dude. She made. If you guys haven't seen this, I've undoubtedly posted it on Instagram or Twitter. So check us out, the Howling Salt Mine on Instagram, Howling Salt Mine on Twitter. Go check it out. Um, there's definitely a picture of it. It's a Wooberg star that my wife cut out of lands, and it's got like multiple levels to it. And she she just did it freehand. She had no form. No like tracing, no design that she was going off of. She just cut it freehand, put it together with like toothpicks and tape. And we've had it for like 10 years. It's it's like legitimately it. a very beautiful star. Like I love yeah. to put it up there and it's magic themed. It's it's awesome. It's, it's and it's one of a kind. I just love it. And my contribution was <laughs> my contribution was um, I was like, yeah, and we can like we can like put lands on the tree too. So there's a single land that just has like a hook through it that is <laughs> hung on the tree. <laughs> like nice. so ugly, not crafty at all. I and that was that. my contribution. It's <laughs> amazing. What about you, Mike? You got any cool Christmas traditions you're up to? We don't have too many big ones. This is going to be a fun year because we're having it at um, my brother's house for the first time. It's always been. So I have two siblings and they're both 
married with kids at this point. We get them for Thanksgiving, but we don't get them for Christmas one year. And then the mm-hmm. next year it's flipped where we, we don't get them for Thanksgiving, but we do get them for Christmas. Yep. So this is a, a year we get them for Christmas and we're going to my brother's house, which will be cool because we've always had it just like at my parents' house. So that's it's awesome, going to be fun. Man. It's going to be fun running around new location for that. Yeah. That's getting great. stuff for the kids too. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's one cool of the most uncle? fun things is I get to get, I now have five kids under five that I get to go oh, shopping awesome, for, dude. which is amazing. Um, or fuck, edit the ages out, please, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I now have five kids that I get to go shopping for, which is amazing. Oh, um, How old are those, they? Those are like the super fuck you. <laughs> oh, wait, let me rephrase that. Are they old enough to play magic yet? No, That's not yet. Literally... They're not magic age yet. Um, I mean, they're getting close, but probably not. Stephanie has a nephew and a niece, which in theory I shall too once we are married. But I'm excited for them to get to a magic age. They are not there right now. But yeah. like when they get to it, I definitely want to be like, hey, here's this like <laughs> thing I'm obsessed with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you listened to my podcast? I was say, by that time we'll be fucking celebrities. So it'll be like, you know. Yeah, they will have heard about it just because yeah. it's your day job at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't have any little kids in my family at all. I'm, I think I'm the youngest or my cousin is the youngest. Yeah. My cousin, my cousin is the youngest. So on my side of the family, there's no, uh, I mean, my, my, on my dad's side, there are some, but we're not like super close. So we don't see them too much. Um, and, and Hey, if they're listening to this, uh, I mean, uh, uh, we are close. No, they know. Yeah, I can <laughs> That's to my how they find out that you're not close. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That really hurts, Sam. <laughs> oh, really man. cut me deep. Oh man, I'll, I got something for the Patreon. I'll tell a story about my my visit to LA with my, love that it. involved my cousin. I'll put that on mm. the Patreon. <laughs> it's, nice. it's a really it's a really great story. Uh, where I talk about attempting to visit my semi-famous cousin and how it went horribly awry. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'm fucking here for it. Anyways. Well, but yeah, so, you know, our holidays have shifted into a much more like adult space where we all just like, you know, enjoy some beers. Up on some schmegnog. Schmegma. Schmegma. Oh, God, it's the dude. worst. Be it's careful the worst. with the words you use. Tony. This has been going on for years, Sam. I can't Schmegnog? believe this is the first. You- yes. You cannot yeah. say that. Yeah. Can you tell him that? Thank you. <laughs> you can't Thank say you. that. That's gross. <laughs> you know what that is? Yeah. yeah you still say it? <laughs> the pride. The pride on knowing He's what so it is. so happy right now. So, <laughs> so satisfied. Uh, yeah. I know what that is. But I do Disgusting. have some good and, and, you know what? You know what? Eggnog is bad. I'm, I'm coming out and saying it. <laughs> and eggnog is way worse. I agree that eggnog is bad. Have you had much homemade eggnog? No. And I'm going to keep it that way. Because homemade eggnog is good. I disagree. I bet it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely good, bro. Isn't it just like raw eggs? Uh, egg and yolks. nogs. And some nog. What's the nog part? Booze. Well, for me, it's like Is bourbon it? and cognac and uh, rum. So if you were drinking some rum, if you wanted some like rub on the rocks, you'd go to a bar and be like, 
give me Nog on the rocks. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Nog doesn't mean alcohol. <laughs> so you implied. <laughs> uh, the origin of the Nog is a mystical tale that not few know, I assume. Because I, I don't know. <laughs> We're so off topic. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even have a segue. Let's just get on topic. <laughs> yeah. Let's just read. Let's some, just do the Let's thing. read about some salt. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, just like Santa brings gifts, you have brought listener mail to us. Uh, I feel like that well didn't have to be the stretch that it was. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I probably could have just said it's way smoother. It's okay. We don't judge here. Judgment free zone. Try it again. It seems like a high judgment zone here. <laughs> Our track record is that this is like a very big judgment zone. Almost exclusively judgment. <laughs> yeah, that's like the crux of a lot of our comedy style is, is heavy judgment. So we are going to be reading some mail from all of you out there. A little Christmas gift. Assuming this episode comes out around Christmas, we keep saying that. I'm pretty sure it's going to. I think. Well, this one has to because now we've talked about yeah, Christmas this one a lot. Is obligated <laughs> yeah, to. now this one does have to. This is the yeah. Christmas episode for sure. Well, yeah, we got some mail time stuff for you guys today. So we're going to jump into that, read some of your salty stories, and get into it. Here's the salt that never faults. It makes me want to tap my vault. When it comes, I must exalt salt. Yes, we're still singing the song. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I wish fans could see us, though, only from this one moment. Because, well, I was doing it poorly, but I wanted to do the, like, one person goes do, down, do, one person do, goes do. up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do, 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 do. They still can't see it, but, like, hopefully they're envisioning it. From... Yeah, they're feeling it. You know, yeah. they're feeling the vibes. <laughs> All right. So this is a Reddit DM. This one comes to us from user Burlex. And user Burlex says... Hey guys, love the podcast and glad you messaged me about it on my what's your favorite magic podcast post. Yeah, marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since then, I've been listening and so glad you are doing well. Thanks, dude. That that actually, that does really mean a lot. I love that stuff. I love to yeah. hear when people like found us in the wild. Like the other day, uh, I messaged somebody to see if we could use their post from Reddit and they were like, oh, I love the podcast. You definitely can. I was like, you've heard of us? Yay. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Always makes my day. Anyways, so back in cons of Tarkir block, my friends and I got really into Commander to the point where we were always playing and eventually getting into arms races. We were young, so we had disposable income from our part-time jobs and not paying rent. Our decks were starting to get stacked. Think Sylvan Library and Demonic Tutor as purchases I made. Nice. Our local game store, shout out to Sweet Spot Sports. Wow, what a name. Sweet Spot Sports and Gaming in Portland was having an EDH tournament. This was before power level talks and even before CDH was really recognized. So the tournament was just the best decks everyone in our little community could make. So finally, the day comes. Both my magic friends are there and it's a single elimination tournament. Since it's a long time ago, I don't remember the other two decks in my pod but the deck in question is the Scion of the Ur-Dragon. I can't remember the sequences. All I remember is this Ur-Dragon player focusing me with all attacks until I was dead around turn six or seven. This was a lot earlier than my friends and I could eliminate each other. I hate to admit it, but I was salty. I got up, silently grabbed my consolation prize, and just walked home. 
No eye contact to the winner, shop owner, and definitely no good game. I think my friends tried to stop me as we came as a group. (laughs) (laughs) I still think about this today, and it's not the worst thing I could have done, but it's one of those thoughts that sometimes pops up at night. It has forever shaped how I want to be as a magic player. I never want to have someone feel bad about playing a certain deck or archetype. He was just playing optimally for trying to win the tournament. Now, all of the greater Reddit and magic community knows how casual EDH tournaments turn out, and this is just my personal experience. This is just another reason why tournaments shouldn't offer hefty prize support like packs and playmats. Maybe I would still have gotten salty, but probably not as salty as I did. Well, thanks for the salty story. Yeah, thank you. It's a great one. We experienced this like in our trip to Magic 30. Yeah. Part of what generates the salt too is like, I feel like everybody thinks they're bringing like something really powerful. And then some people show up and crush you and you're like, Oh, and you're just sad. It's like fair. (laughs) Like I would be sad too. Like we definitely like we crushed people. (laughs) Sam and I did like the two hundred giant thing, and like really, it was kind of just what's my call it a Rafik like doing it because it was like it was hashtag too easy. I cut that out of the Magic Thirty episode. (laughs) Nice, yeah, because we got in like a big fight. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good fight. Yeah, it was good, but it was. It was a little too raw. Not good um, content. Yeah, it wasn't good, good content. Just it was cathartic. Good <laughs> but yeah, basically at this two-headed giant tournament, we knew it was going to be two-headed giant. So I was like, I have this Rafik deck that is made to knock out a single player as fast as possible. And in two-headed giant, you know, it's basically like head-to-head, uh, but with the two players. And commander damage was still 21. We confirmed it. Commander damage was still 21, which I thought was insane. So we basically got there and I was like, who wants to win this with me? (laughs) And Tony played his Rubinia deck, which is like the perfect control deck, stealing creatures. He's got great counter spells that he swapped in. And we just like crushed. I mean, we, we were knocking people out. I think we won both of our games, like turn four or five. I think we both won both of our games, like turn three or four. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. It was fast. And the prize support in that was pretty limited, like a win in that event was like half of a pack yeah and exactly. pride yeah right it, it, it wasn't it wasn't like a crazy amount of prize support or anything but you know i mean i i think that that just happens in any tournament like you sit down and somebody is going to be busting out some crazy spice that you haven't seen you're going to be coming up against a deck that is way stronger than yours or way weaker than yours and you know there's just going to be imbalance because some people are joining these things with their pre-cons because they are just like, hey, I want to play more EDH and I've never done a tournament. And mm-hmm. some people are like, I know what this is like and I'm bringing my CDH deck. Yeah. And I'm going to win that prize, you know? But just as an artifact of making it a tournament is like all you need. Like by doing that, you like, you're like, okay, training wheels are off. Yeah. Yeah. You have signed up for this event now. I have signed up for this event and I'm bringing the heat. Yeah. And you can roll or you can't. <laughs> yeah, there's there's totally an element of like, as soon as you've said that it's an arms race kind of explicitly, you know that everyone's bringing the best thing that they can bring. And yeah. that's, that's pretty nice because it kind of means that the gloves should be off. And it is why I like the distinction of like, only CDH should run tournaments in, in Commander, I feel like, because you shouldn't need to have a rule zero conversation in a tournament like yeah 
if there's mm-hmm. prize support, you shouldn't have to tell people how your deck is winning, what it's doing. Like that information, you know, that's information. A tournament, you should be able to protect that information. But yep. if you're sitting down for a game of casual EDH, you should always be able to have that kind of conversation with people. And so the tournament format just doesn't really uh, support that very well. Yeah, it's hard because you may want to bring like your high power casual deck that you think is very powerful, but someone's going to play some CDH and you're not, you're going to feel outclassed and you might have a bad experience. You know, I think this can happen in leagues too. I've talked about, you know, my experience running EDH leagues a few times on the show, but I do want to shout out. um, I want to shout out a local gaming store near me, Untapped Games in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. It's a fantastic shop. If you're in the area, check it out. And they do a weekly EDH league and it's not based on wins. Prize support isn't based on wins. It's based on showing up and playing. So those rule zero conversations do happen, which is mm-hmm. really, really cool. Yeah. It's a participation award you're saying? Well, it's like how often you play, you get a point, let's say. And let's say out of a month, you're there three out of four weeks. Well, you only have three points and other people who are there every single week have four. And then each point is like, a point in a raffle essentially and gets you more attempts to get like a pick but it's basically just like set aside time to come in be guaranteed to be matched up with other people and play games with people at your lgs and it's super cool man i mean it's a really chill way of doing that without this kind of prize support that brings that tension uh and the arms race that this person talked about yeah and i also love in this story that that feeling of like knowing that this event is shaping who they want to be as a magic player. That's, that's the best part about this. It's part of why we talked about, you know, starting this podcast in the first place too, is like so many of these salty moments are, they're just great learning moments. They're great moments to be like, reflect back on be like, Ooh, that really rubbed me the wrong way. What was it about that? That was so awful. And then, and you can learn so much from that. Totally. I mean, even us with this podcast and tracking salt in our games, that's really to be like, I don't want to be the salty, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'm not having fun when I'm super salty. I'm feeling bad and saying mean things sometimes. And that's not cool. I don't want to be doing that again. So, you know, just that awareness is always great. I love it. I do want to point some attention to this arms race they talked about when they were younger just had disposable income. We're just dumping money in cards. Like, man, I like, I really dream for those moments and wish (laughs) back to those days. Like I, you know, I have more money now, obviously I'm an adult with a decent job. Um, so I can buy way more cards, but I don't have as much time to play. Whereas back when I first started playing and I was in college, I would play magic from like sunup to sunrise like it was or sun up to sunset. Like I play magic all fucking day, <laughs> you know, and it was the best man. And if I had any like money, we just go crack packs. And I also wasn't as optimized as a player at that point. So every card looked really cool and good to me. Like yeah. I would see like jank chaff and be like, Oh, this card is fucking crazy. You know? Yeah. I also, yeah. at that point in my magic career didn't really grasp that you could order cards online so any cards i was getting were ripped from a pack and that that aspect was pretty fun too i only started getting into like purchasing singles like later in my early magic career and that was all just from the local gaming store at college you know 
they had like a, a like a plexiglass case and you could look through all their singles and that's where i got my four demigods of revenge mm. nice love it it's actually for me a shout out to alex rock i think he's the one in like my crew that was like oh this exists like tcg player like this is a thing where you can go and like buy cards like singles because <laughs> yeah. i was just going to like the lgs in worcester yeah to buy stuff <laughs> <laughs> like there wasn't a huge selection yeah right? uh and that like was a pretty big game changer and then I think for the bulk of my career, I have of my magic career. I've been like a purchase singles, also buy box, rip packs, and then <laughs> really just kind of look at the last couple of cards. Yeah. Totally. sad when they're trash, stick them in a box and never look at them again. So what do we think about the salt rating here? Man, this is, um, this is type two salt. <laughs> you know, we, we talked a few episodes ago, we talked about type two fun and might've been like, I don't know, four or five episodes ago which is the fun that you experience way after something. This is like, maybe this is type two sugar. Like you had salt in the moment, but looking back on it, you're like, Hey, I can actually get something pretty positive out of this. And I, I think that we can all look back on those games where we got really tilted and salty and be like, I don't really want to be that kind of player. And I don't want to be that kind of opponent, you know? Yeah. I think there's so much salt here too, in like showing up to something and then learning that what you were expecting in the experience is not what you're getting. It was like, psych, this is actually where people are going to knock you out in six turns. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm just imagining if this was us, though, if we like had rolled into an LGS and like Sam lost first, would he walk home without us or would he wait for us? That's the question <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty salty. I guess I forgot about that part to just be like, fuck it i'm out of here i'm going home yeah that's that's pretty salty i've been there though i haven't walked home before but i've definitely had some nights where i'm so salty that when i get knocked out of a game i'm like all right i'm going to bed and i just fucking log off you know (laughs) yeah it's in that tone and at that speed as well you say that and then you've left (laughs) yeah exactly it's like no goodbyes i am clicking out (laughs) <laughs> yeah should we uh grab another one here yeah let's do it all right this next one is a this next one is a reddit dm and it comes to us from user adam 67390 and they say this friend i'm about to talk about and i are fans of the podcast you guys are quite entertaining and i like a lot of the mentality you guys have towards the game even if i don't agree with all of it the different views are nice to see I really like hearing about your guys' pod and would like to hear more about how you got it to that point since it seems like a super healthy environment. It makes for some fun gaming. Keep up the good work. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. This is a story from when I was first getting into Magic slash EDH. My friend had an Atraxa Infect Proliferate deck and had a Cali of the Vast Mass Land Destruction deck. So already a super toxic table. Lol. I don't remember all the details so well anymore, but we get to the point of the game where I'm pretty much dead on board. My friend had a Traxa with Sword of War and Peace equipped. So we get to my turn and I draw for turn and the gears start turning. And I'm like, oh, I can win this. So I pass my turn. He attacks, adds the poison counters, proliferates, end turn, and proliferate again. My turn, I draw, play Custody Battle on a Traxa and cast Armageddon. Play my land for turn and pass. 
His turn, I gain control of Atraxa and he passes. My turn, I draw, I sack a land, play a land, and then hit him with his own commander, which still has the sword equipped, so I get to grow Atraxa. His turn, nothing. My turn, I sack the land, then kill him with his own commander. I'm laughing my ass off as my friend is sitting across from me, super salty, and just complaining about how bad of a bad taste is in his mouth. Hmm. Already in the mouth, too. <laughs> the analogy the analogy is already made. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I feel like we're we're establishing a the, the knowledge of my dislike of mass land destruction and Mike's like here for it <laughs> attitude, which both are, are fine and acceptable. You know, I mean it's kind of trash, but like at the same time, like what can you do? <laughs> I mean, I think that's a perfectly acceptable use of it. Like you oh, are, totally. you're using it to further your end, you know, like you're using it as a win con at that point. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stealing someone's, stealing someone's commander and then blowing up all their lands. And then, so they can't like take it back effectively. I think that's super fair to do. Yeah. They had the line, saw it and did it. It still happened over to two ish turns, maybe three turns, whatever it was there. But like they knew that it existed, which yeah. is the difference. Like you're not just like blindly doing it to like, because you're in a bad spot, but don't have something to do. Like they had a plan, which I do appreciate. And like, I do want to point out how fucking weird it is to start learning how to play magic and EDH period with like an Atraxa infect deck and a Cali of the vast mass land destruction deck and playing <laughs> them head to head. Like what? <laughs> What? what is this that's so wacky <laughs> yeah, what is this i would say of my first like 20 or 30 commander games though probably half of them were just like tony and i sitting down across the table just because we had like built these decks and we couldn't always get four people together but we lived in the same apartment so we could just jam games that's a really yeah. good point yeah sometimes you just got to get the reps in yeah i used to play a lot of head-to-head <laughs> commander with my wife actually um with the old monocolored planeswalker decks when like it was like Doretti and Tafiri and the elf one and there's like a black demon one and then the core one. Who's who's the core planeswalker? Nahiri. Nahiri, yeah, the first Nahiri the Lithomancer deck. And the Nahiri Lithomancer deck and the elf deck played so well against each other in head to head. It was like very, very balanced because both of them were just doing big creature things, you know, lots of combat and stuff like that. So it was, it was a really good time. So I'm not disparaging head to head when you're learning, but MLD and Infect head to head <laughs> is like a crazy space to be playing in. <laughs> it definitely is. I, I will say one other thing on like the head to head games because it's, just because it made me think, of it. I actually don't know if you remember this, Sam, but I came down to Rhode Island one time and you and I were playing head to head and it was like your Morophon deck. It was like your Morophon Elementals oh, deck, dude, like one yes. of the first times. And it, it, there's kind of this interesting dynamic in head to heads with where I feel like they can be fun depending upon what you want to do. Like, I feel like we just sat there watching each other pop off. Like, yeah, <laughs> we didn't really stop each other. Like, we kind of knew we had things that we could, but we were just like. I'll let you do the thing. And it it's like interesting to kind of like see it. And like when it gets like pretty out of control, that's when you kind of stop it or try to. But usually at that point, the, the yeah, snowball's all right. 
like too far down the hill but i don't know it just made me think of that time because also like basically what we would do is we i would come down we would get like really good food sam always finds the really good food you know what we drink and play magic. It's always <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> amazing. An well, amazing time. It's, it's like, a funny thing head to head because I find it's either like super playful and you're really just like kind of vibing and like chilling and it's very casual or yeah. it's like as cutthroat as possible because if you're going to be playing optimally head to head, every removal spell in, in my deck, I know what player I'm going to point it at. You know, yeah. I don't have to be like, I got this one swords to plowshares. What's the biggest creature out there that I need to deal with? I'm like, oh, it's you. It's just you right there across from yeah. me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send it at you. <laughs> yeah, totally. I appreciate this poster asking kind of like how we found our group that we ended up playing with too, you know? Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things is that we tried different stuff out. Like we, we played with other people. Um, like I didn't show up some of the first times we all played. I think I know, I remember there being someone else there for a while. Maybe Sam, yeah. you weren't there. I'm not going to take all the credit, but it was a lot of me assembling my dream team. Yeah. But, but also at experimented with them. Like, I feel like you, yeah. you tried playing with a few different people. And then when we did find this group of four and played a couple games, I do think it was pretty obvious. Like, Oh, this just works really well for us. So for people out there looking for pods, I think it is a good idea to, you know, get some games in with other people. And when you find someone you really like playing with, latch onto them, latch onto them. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then search for the third person and then find the fourth person, you know, like you can build, build it up from that. Talking on that same topic. I think that we have similar deck building philosophies and we consume similar magic, the gathering content as well. I mean, we all used to be like really big on game nights and command zone still love those guys. I just don't consume it as much as I do now. And now we're all into very similar, you know, CDH channels and things like that on YouTube, being on the same page about what you want out of a game, but also how your decks get built and what your power levels kind of are. And what you're trying to do, like, yeah. What, like what do you, what do you what want? Things your you to find be? interesting. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Like the types of decks that you want to build too. I think we all just, generally overlap a fair amount with that um and you know and some things more than others and it, and it really shines through some stuff like how our meta is lower on board wipes just happens to be and um you know like different things like that it definitely helps us be pretty consistent we also like thrive off of each other's creativity though which is something like yeah. i appreciate and that's just like me as a person in life i also am like that like i I do well in settings and environments where I'm around like smart people that I can learn from. And like, I just like that kind of an environment. And so like, I feel like in our magic setting, we like sort of foster that. Yeah. And I mean, we also just love talking about magic together. I mean, case in point, we're on a fucking podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> and we're good friends. I mean, that's the other thing. Like you can have people that you really love to play magic with, but um, one of the things that takes it to the next level is like, we'll just hang out and not play magic. I mean, generally we do Why play magic. Why would we do that though? Because we're like, <laughs> we're like detriment of our sleep at we the end of our to. calls. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Sam. Oh my God. Sam and I, I will just chat so yeah. many times. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times like we end a Tuesday night gaming session and we're all like, bye guys. And like Nick logs off and Mike logs off and Tony and I are the last two to log off. And then we just keep talking for like, 
two hours <laughs> and we start like building a deck or you know <laughs> like so many things oh my uh, god it just yeah it just goes well, on i mean yeah I, I think it's uh i don't know i think when you find it, it just feels right but but trying to find people who are like-minded and trying to shape the same experience you know when you know you just know you just know, know man please bro please <laughs> <laughs> um what's the salt rating question mark i think we're far away from yeah we're so far away from it uh i think the salt rating on this is hilarious um but it's oh, kind yeah, of mass land destruction yeah, the yeah. And poison. This, is, this is two people Kill just you aiming your massive salt cannons at each other and yeah. blasting away as much as they can yeah. it's like it's like what did the attracts player expect it's basically like two people with like tactical nukes and yours is about to go off and then the other person just sets theirs off before you and you're like come on why <laughs> how'd you do that why'd you do that? i was about to do it with mine it's like you know you're playing with the big guns. You need to expect that that is going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I've certainly, I think we've all had that, that happened to us, but turnabout is fair play for sure. Well, what, what do we got next? Uh, what? So this next one is also a Reddit DM and it comes to us from super down vote master. Mm. Nice. Does Reddit tell you how many downvotes you've done? It does. <laughs> really? Uh, I don't think it tells you how many, but you can like sort by things that you've downvoted. That's amazing. Uh, I want to know like history. the number that this <laughs> user has downvoted. Yeah, that's like an amazing name. Um, it's not over 10,000. Are you even trying? I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. They're like, I'm sure I'm over 10,000. I just wanted to get downvotes. close to the DBZ meme. So I said 10,000. <laughs> And Super Downvote Master comes to us. Oh, Super Downvote Master just became a Patreon too. Oh, nice! Thanks for Welcome, joining, Super dude. Downvote Master. You rock. Welcome to the group. Yeah, the patrons will know how how far back we recorded this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the post from Super Downvote Master says, "Hey guys, still loving the pod. Thanks for all the laughs and salt. I have a quandary for you all. A player mm. in my regular group." has taken to asking everyone... Oh, this one's a good one. I'm remembering it now. <laughs> a player in my regular pod has taken to asking everyone what commander they're playing before deciding what commander he'll play. <laughs> <laughs> if he already has a deck out and finds out I'm playing Bruvac, for example, he'll put his deck away and grab another deck, one with an Eldrazi in it to counter the mill effects. This, to me, feels very much what would be like the insider trading of magic. How would you handle this situation? Would you tell him flat out that he can't be switching decks like that? The guy also scooped two turns into a game when I was playing Beamtown Bullies and got an eater of days into my graveyard. I didn't even have the mana to cast out bullies yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's that's just that's just great. Yeah, <laughs> we talk about that all the time. It's like if someone's willing to shoot themselves in the foot just because of like what you potentially have in the future. Yeah, it's crazy. Great, well done, free <laughs> free effect. Yeah, like whatever put the eater of days into your graveyard. It's basically like, like if it was a one mana in tomb, it basically says in tomb a card and remove target player from the game. You know, <laughs> like that's yeah. that's good that's value. That's you should, very everyone strong. should be running this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I will also say 
Eater of Days fucking sucks. Oh man. <laughs> Eater of Days has an, an ETB that says you skip your next two turns. Hmm. And with Beamtown Bullies, do. you can give that to other people. So I mean <laughs> that you can. You know, this, <laughs> that's a pretty vicious scoop, but also that's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, you get a nine eight flying trample. I mean as it's, a reward. Yeah, it's a big body, but but that ETB. Whew. Um, so to, to the question at hand about yeah. switching decks after somebody asks. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's bullshit, man. It's totally bullshit, <laughs> but it's really hard. So. It's hard to deal with bullshit because there's so there's there's totally an element of if you're having a rule zero conversation, you can very validly not get really shitty deck matchups. Like yeah. that's fine. Like if someone plays, you know, Yasharn uh, into yeah, your aristocrats yeah, deck. Yasharn. <laughs> Let, let's talk about Yasharn because exactly. that's our example. Like Mike has this Yasharn deck or had it. And the first or second time you busted it out, you know, you just crushed us with it and like kind of let it do its thing naturally. Um, but by just like wrecking our strategies. And then after that, you'd be like, hey guys, I want to play Yasharn. Like, can we come up with a deck matchup where you're not going to be completely hosed, but I can still play this and still get some value out of it? And, you know, we we kind of find a balance. Yeah. yeah. But I think I, the, it, the point for me usually is like, we say what we're going to play. And if somebody's got a deck that like totally just hoses me for one reason or another, I will like want to switch to something else. But it's I'm never switching to something that then counters their decks. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that's like a an intent that is wrong. Yeah. If you want to make it so that your play is is better, as in like you'll enjoy the game, like you can have a good game and have yep. an impact. That's one thing. But like actively switching <laughs> to be like, oh, only fuck the mill strategy right now, which I've yeah. wanted to do. <laughs> I've thought about slotting like those kinds of effects into multiple of my decks. But I would never deliberately like change to one of those. I would rather it be like a surprise of like, oh yeah, Nick, like mill me with Brewback right now. Like, yeah, I got some tech in here for you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's never like a he says he's gonna play that. I'm on the side, either slipping something in or like deliberately grabbing a, a separate deck for that. Yeah. yeah, there's no sideboards in EDH, and that extends to exactly. decks. You can't hot swap your deck out just because someone else it, it's sort of what this player is doing. They're kind of trying to sideboard by choosing a deck that happens to have this one card that they're looking for. Like yeah. really what they're doing is sideboarding in this Eldrazi Titan to deal with the mill, the mill deck, which yeah, is yeah, definitely yeah. BS. Like you can't do that. And you can, you can call a player doing this deck switching thing. You can both call them directly out verbally uh, or when they switch decks, you yeah, can you switch said, decks. Yeah. Yeah. And then if they go to switch decks again, it becomes really obvious really fast. Like, oh, you're you're constantly switching to try and counter what I'm doing over here. Yeah. And then you're just playing a game of switchy decky, which is yeah. tons of fun. You're <laughs> like, Everyone loves a game. You just switchy decky. Switch decks for a good 10, 15 minutes and see who wins. <laughs> yeah. Or the other thing you can do is just try and, you know, put down a rule with your table where you'll all choose your commanders face down or something and then flip them up. Um, if, if you really need to do something like that, you can, uh, but hopefully there's, there's other ways of avoiding that before you get there. Yeah. I don't love the blind commander thing because I think it kind of kneecaps your ability to have a really good rule zero conversation and to be like, Oh, you don't get to see my commander before we start playing. And some people do this at LGSs 
and things like that. And I think that that can be equally an issue, but it, but in a different direction. Mm. Yeah. You know, with like being honest about it. Yeah. That makes sense. This stuff happens to us, right? I talked about it before. I have an Alesha deck that I love and surprise Alesha reanimates things from the graveyard. And Nick has a Bruvac deck that we've talked about. So very often Alesha into Bruvac is a very favorable matchup for me. And it does happen sometimes where I pick Alesha and Nick is playing Bruvac and we do it. And usually what I do in that situation is I ask, I'm like, Hey, are you cool with me playing Alesha right now? And if Nick is like, nah, I don't really want that. Like I would switch my deck. Uh, and if he's like, yeah, that's fine. You know, then, then we're, we're good to go. But I, I think you'd want to just even that tiny little bit of a discussion, be like, Hey, are you guys cool with me playing Bruvac right now? I know that Mill can be like a little bit salty, but like, is this fine with you guys? And if that person's like, ah, I'd rather play this deck. If you play Bruvac, I kind of want to change. Then you can be like, oh, no worries. I'll play something else. Or even be like, well, why do you want to change? You know, I think it's kind of a conversation territory with this stuff. Because mm-hmm. mm. also, Mill is not oppressive enough that someone needs to be switching decks entirely to deal with it. Yeah. Most of yeah. the time, at least. Yeah, I mean, Bruvac's got some cool tricks and and he can mill somebody out in a single turn if the stars align, but like a lot of other commanders can kill people pretty fast too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So what do you think about the assault rating here? This one is pretty high for me. When it comes to salty situations where a player is clearly not willing to have a conversation or hear out concerns of their pod, that is super salty for me because that is getting in the territory of just like not really being a considerate friend, you know, like if one of you guys were like, Hey, I don't like it when you change your decks like that. It kind of feels unfair. I'd be like, Oh, sorry. Like I'm going to (laughs) change. Like I won't do that again. You know, my good friend just told me that this is a weird situation for them. So I think with that kind of stuff, it just speaks to like a play group dynamic issue. And that stuff is very frustrating for me when someone is willingly not working to like improve their side of that, you know? Yeah. I feel like it leaves a bad taste in the mouth to be like, Oh, I'm going to deliberately switch this into something that I know benefits me. Yeah. Just feels wrong. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could try and put some spice in to deal with, to deal with some of those Titans. Like, you can exile some stuff off, mix a bit of that in, but it gets tough. That's when you run your bribery, right? <laughs> I'm not even. I actually, in the old mill days, one of like the first, I, I don't even, maybe it was in a, when I was running Anya as a CDH deck. Uh, I know Nick has like teched away Titans from me before where he like exiled it with the trigger on the stack and then like you get the one shuffle but then you're kind of like done i don't even remember how he did it there's yeah. some like weird cool shit that he did one game but isn't like lantern of insight do that mm-hmm. i think so yeah um but mm, no, no the soul guide soul guide lantern oh, soul guide lantern, lantern. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah soul guide lantern you can tap it and sack it i think and exile all graveyards yeah like that's the thing if this guy switches to a deck with a Titan just to counter your mill deck, and then you deal with the Titan one time, he's never making that swap again in the future. <laughs> That's yeah, true. That is a really good point. <laughs> yeah, the lesson will be learned at that point. But yeah, generally speaking, 
you know, I think that there's other ways to find that balance just with a conversation. Sometimes you'll have to play against the deck that has the Titan. And, you know, we talked about some solutions to have in that. And sometimes they'll have to play with a deck that doesn't have the Titan. Like, yeah. I think it should be balanced, you know. You should both be able to play the deck that's a little bit more advantageous against the other one at different times. Yeah. And sometimes you could also try things like you decide the deck you're playing in turn order or something like that. If if conversations and just like good faith really isn't working, there are some rules you could workshop to try and make something that's a little more established as a process for it. Yeah. Or, you know, we love to say this, play each other's decks. Yep. Always good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pass just, every deck to the person on the right and, and play. <laughs> cool. Well, what else do we have? Um, I think the only thing we have is our favorite segment. It's mm. that time mm, of the maybe. week. It is that time of the week. How often does it come? It comes once every week. Well, uh, sometimes twice if you're a Patreon <laughs> member and we have this segment on the Patreon. <laughs> I don't I don't think we've done I don't think we're doing salty cards. No, on. we don't. You're right. <laughs> So everyone that's out there that's, you know, doesn't advertise, you know, isn't subscribing for the Patreon. Don't worry. You're not missing out on any of the salty cards. Of the it's week. true. That's okay. Well, there is the last episode on the Patreon, which Shit. does have a salty card of the week. And it's got four. It's got four salty cards. Does in it? In the one week. Oh, yeah. it does have four. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. Yes, yeah, so actually. And they're extremely salty. So that, that is a really good point. Yeah, they're high, high up on the list. Well, it's the time of the week where we say, Mike, <laughs> what's the salty card of the week? The salty card of the week this week is humility. Salty card. <laughs> that was so late. So I was late, hoping Tim. Tony would do it. Well, I was like uh, going to, but then I. You guys just wanted me to do I felt it. felt weird about it. I did it. <laughs> you guys were just getting I a little bit humble. It. Yeah. You had some humility about it. Yeah. We knew what it was going to be. Well, the salty card of the week is humility. We're doing humility. Um, <laughs> nice. Because it's a white, we're dreaming of a white Christmas. Hey. Oh, nice. Hey. Nice. Made it, made it happen Are in the done? end. If there was no snow, I'd be okay with it. Really? It's I like snow. It's cold here. I don't like snow. Oh, snow is good. Yeah. Anywho. <clears throat> All right. So humility. It's two it's and two white. Card. It's a salty 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 card. It is a salty card. Every single week, Mike tells us a salty card. Tells us a salty card. Tell us about the salty card. It's a salty card. I had to do something, man. Yeah, that was good. You killed it. You nailed it. Good job, Sam. It was solid. I I I doubt your praise now. I doubt it. You did very, very well. I'm very happy that you I'm did sorry. that. <laughs> I was sorry. I shoehorned it in as hard as no, possible. It, was, it legitimately was pleasant. Okay, um, thanks. <clears throat> so, humility, enchantment. The text on it is, all creatures lose all abilities and have base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. Mm, yep. Mm. It's a Tony. Salt levels. Hmm. Um, it's a great question. I feel like, uh, <laughs> I feel like I know it's bad because I haven't seen it. Like it hasn't really been used on me. I know it exists. I think Sam has one of his CDH decks. Maybe I'm making that up. Yeah, or you're making it up. 
isn't there some effect that you have that, that makes her or you just make our lands one ones or something yeah that's different mm, and i see like <clears throat> i i see like how this could play like it it, I would be very upset and annoyed in the moment. I would definitely be feeling solid. I would be annoyed. I'd be like, fuck this. Like, I just want, because like, who, it's fucking Commander. Like, name creatures in your deck that don't do anything, right? Like, what creatures do you play that are just like vanilla? Like, literally do nothing. It's pretty mm-hmm. like rare. Uh, and so, Tokens it's how imposing like every creature in your deck probably. Um so I think it fucking sucks, but I haven't had it played against me. So like, I don't have immediate like salt for it. Um, and it feels very white. Uh, so yeah, I don't like hate it for like breaking the color pie or anything, which is also usually something that like makes me feel a little more, uh, angsty against some of these salty cards, but true. Yeah, I think that's my take. Sam, would this make you salty? Oh, definitely. Uh, similar to Tony, I've never played against Humility. I think I have once or twice. Um, so I don't have a ton of experience with it, but I don't like the card for a number of reasons. One, it's just annoying. Shut Shuts down all your creatures. If you have like creature-based combos, creature-based abilities, pretty much every deck is doing something creature-based. Just turns it off and gives everybody these like boring one-ones. And then you have like other ways to win. Usually the deck that's doing this has some awesome secondary way to win and it's going to crush you or they do it with like, I don't know, that still wouldn't work. I was going to say they do it with Ellen, Elish Norn, but that wouldn't fucking work. No, nope. because Elish Norn turns turns it hopping out. Oh. oh, God. I thought we moved uh, past that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. And, and, and that is, that actually is a great segue, not the Elish Norn thing, but that is a great segue into why I also don't like it. My second point, which is fucking the layers of it, man. I mm. don't, I really dislike dealing with layers. I think they're like a, it's just like as complicated as magic rules get is, is layers. Um, or one of like the more complicated concepts in, in magic rules is the layer system. And sometimes it's very like, like there is a very organized chart you can look up and read through it and figure it out. But man, just like knowing that shit offhand, there's almost always something that's going to happen in a game with humility mm-hmm. out where there's some question that you can't answer and people are confused and it's just kind of like a frustrating thing to, to deal with rules wise. Yeah. Um, so I, like what happens when you put an equipment on one of these creatures, you know, does it get the equipment abilities? Does it not? Cause it hasn't yeah. lost those. Like you've got, exactly. and, and even if those questions do have an answer, like you're saying, you still have to figure them out. Sometimes you don't necessarily know them offhand. Sometimes with layers, it's as simple as like timing, like, Oh, this was played first. This was played later. That is how these abilities are applying. But with that one, with something getting changed, I mean, I don't even know the rules like well enough to even try to give this a good explanation. But there are these instances where it is just very frustrating to have to deal with that rule that's out there, totally outside of it being a very, very powerful effect. I do know that there used to be some CDH decks that would run Humility. It's kind of a weird card that doesn't have a good home because CDH Hmm. is so creature prevalent these days and there's so many value creatures that you're kind of kneecapping yourself a little bit Mm -hmm. and your opponents and i guess you just hope that they get more of a disadvantage than you yeah i guess i'd imagine maybe in like an esper ad nos list where yeah you're just trying to turn all the creatures off yeah or like yeah you want like stacks shut down so you can like do something go for your winning turn a polymorph line that's not running creatures anyway 
Uh, but that, even then, it's probably turning off your polymorph exactly and target. So it's not that good. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just a weird thing. Like, yeah, you think about like, okay, well, I'm going to polymorph and bring a hull breacher out. It's like, well, now it's a one-one. <laughs> Do they hit the battlefield as what they were? No, no, it's stats. Gotcha. It's a static effect. So yeah, it's you like don't a persistent even get ETBs. Effect. So it comes down. That was really just the question. Happening. Like, do you get ETPs or not? It's it's no. as if it's entering as a one one. Like nice. It's just it's a weird thing. Does it and, give them flavor text? Uh, the flavor text is gone. <laughs> then yeah, it trash. removes all abilities and all flavor text. <laughs> the only flavor is vanilla. Why does this card even exist? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I like that. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, I'm I'm not crazy about this effect. How do you feel about it, Mike? This card also makes me salty. Um, I, again, haven't played it very much, but I can imagine it would make me salty, especially because I'm a big fan, and Tony's talked about this too, of slotting in types of removal that fits in the theme of a deck. So if I'm running like a Gruel Smash deck, my enchantment removal is probably stapled to a creature. Uh, and suddenly that means it's, it's you know, I'm running a Rex Age or something. Suddenly it, it can't, remove it anymore because it doesn't have the ability to remove humility so i think that this hoses a lot of things like that where you've maybe made a deck design choice around you know making something more cohesive by finding an effect that's on a creature instead of on an enchantment or something uh and i dislike that i do love something about it a little bit i love the image of everyone's got a massive board and then some <laughs> at, at some point it's literally like None of that matters. What matters is how many you had. How many <laughs> did you have? <laughs> and then everyone's just left with that. Um, um, I think that's funny. I feel like I also like now that I know that all of their uh, flavor text has changed to vanilla. Like I think I like <laughs> the card a little bit better. But um, where does it where does it sit on the list, Mike? This one's pretty high up there. This comes in at I want to guess uh, forty. One, I'm going this, for 39. Wow, now y'all are both way too generous for how little salt you think this induces. This is the 21st card. Oh, wow, on the salty card list, really very high up there. I would not have guessed the top surprise uh, quarter, yeah. But also, we haven't played against it, so I think if I had, I'd, I would know how shitty it is. <laughs> <laughs> totally, I mean, that's the thing, I guess, like. I know it, it's like making me salty a little bit and I haven't even played against it. So like, it's like a powerful effect to like know how I would feel having not actually seen it in the wild as of yet. Right. I do want to, I do want to read something from the gatherer. I want to read some rulings associated with this, please. Uh, hopefully this doesn't put anyone to sleep because it's boring, but it's really interesting. <laughs> so I guess it's not boring. It's interesting. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. You're selling it really well. So I want to read this other card, Opalescence. Opalescence is an enchantment. It's got the same cost as humility, two colorless, two white. And it says each other global enchantment is a creature with power and toughness equal to its converted mana cost. And it's still an enchantment. So if you play Opalescence, you would think that humility would become a creature <laughs> right becomes a one one creature well now does humility turn itself off and it loses that ability and 
therein lies the issues with layers. <laughs> so layers are really there to uh, solve like paradoxes with cards and stuff like that. The, the rulings that exist for humility are about humility and opalescence and how they interact. So it says, with the humility and two opalescences on the battlefield, <laughs> if humility has the latest timestamp, again, we're talking about timestamps, this is played recently, then all creatures are one ones with no abilities. If the timestamp order is opalescence, humility, opalescence, the second opalescence is a one one, and the humility and first opalescences are four fours. <laughs> because okay. their mana values Wait, are equal yeah. to their converted mana cost from yeah, the because yeah. that's more recent. If the humility has the earliest timestamp, then everything is a four four. One final ruling to really make your head spin. This is just like a paragraph. This is the current interaction between humility and opalescence. The type changing effect applies at layer four, but the rest happens in the applicable layers. The rest of it will apply even if the permanent loses its ability before it's finished applying. So if opalescence, humility, and worship, another card I'm not going to read, are on the battlefield and opalescence entered the battlefield before humility, the following is true. Layer four, humility and worship each become creatures that are still enchantments. Opalescence. Layer six, humility and worship each lose their abilities from humility. Layer 7B, humility becomes a 4-4 and worship becomes a 4-4 from opalescence. Humility becomes 1-1 and worship becomes 1-1 from humility. That happens at the same level. The order is based on timestamps. But if humility entered the battlefield before opalescence, the following is true. Basically all the same shit I just read, um, except they become 4-4s at the end of it. So just like playing this many humilities and opalescences. So there, there is something that I'm pretty sure it exists. I hope this isn't apocryphal. I've like read it on the internet before there exists these judge decks where they're like these super, super crunchy. It's these decks that are designed to hit every single corner case rule and be like really, really confusing. And you don't play to win. You play the deck out. And the first person to make a rules mistake loses. <laughs> and I think that is where a lot of these cards exist. Um, I read that at one point, like, you know, maybe it was on Reddit or something like that a, a long time ago. And I think about that all the time, man. I would That's love funny. to watch a game with somebody playing these like crazy heavy rules interaction decks. I was about to say, for someone who hates layers, you just spent a lot of time reading about layers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let me clarify. I hate dealing with them in a game because I mm. think it's really confusing and it slows down the game and takes time away. But I love rules. I fucking love rules, guys. And rules mm. like this, where it's so thought out, it is like a beautiful machine. I love it. <laughs> I love that they've thought through all these like weird little paradoxical interactions and have mm-hmm. a real solution that you can come to. It's crazy. Yeah, it is wild. Well, that uh, wraps it up for our humble card of the week. Well, thanks, Mike. Uh, and thank you, listener, for tuning in to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine. Uh, we hope everybody enjoys the holiday season. If you celebrate... Or, you know, just enjoy the turnover to the new year, provided you're using the Gregorian calendar. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what if someone's not using our calendar, Mike? True. No, no, no. I'm just, I love that you used Gregorian. It is the Gregorian calendar, right? That's great. <laughs> I think so. Isn't it? I think so. Fucking oh, scrubs. Sure. Good job, Gregory. Yeah. Nice Greg, calendar. Greg made a fucking sick calendar. He's also like, you want to hear me chant? <laughs> I do like me a good Gregorian chant. Yeah, dude's got some great chants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you, everybody. Uh, you know, this is probably our last episode before the new year. We just want to thank everybody for all the support that we've got. It has been crazy. Like when we first recorded episode one and two, and we're just kind of hanging out and doing this, we didn't think it was going to grow into what it is right now. And, you know, we've still got a lot of growing to do. We've got some, some big goals and dreams that we want with this show, but we just really are appreciative of everyone who's, you know, sent in a, a, a question for mail time uh, at our Gmail, Howling uh, Saltmine at gmail.com and, <laughs> and given us a message of support said that they found the show somehow that they love it, uh, that they like that we're doing or that they like what we're doing. You know, our Patreon subscribers, of course, you guys are like our, our family, our little LGS that we have on Aww. discord where Aww, we hang out sweet. and chat that. and like play games together. I mean, it's just, it's just, way more than i thought we would ever create with this and it's yeah we even love the blue players that's not true it's a trash god i love the blue players <laughs> yeah it's just it's just really cool um so we appreciate you guys for sure and and just hope you you know get into the new year and it's going to be crazy like a year from now we'll see what's going on with this podcast you know Hopefully some Hell good stuff. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so, you know, after all that, we should probably still do our regular plugs and wrap up of the show. If you guys want to follow us on social media, we are at the Howling Salt Mine on Instagram and Reddit and at Howling Salt Mine on Twitter. Um, give us a follow, chat with us wherever you want. If you guys want to be on a future mail time, send us your salty stories in. Uh, you can DM us on any social media platform or email us to thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com. And check out our Patreon. If you want to support the show, if you want an extra episode every month, if you want to hang out in our discord, you know, get to jam games with us and, and just chat about the game. We can look at your decks and, you know, we do some like deck building on there. We talk about cards. We catch games with each other when we can. Um, it's a real fun time. Good little community that we're, we're building up over there. So check that out at patreon.com slash howling salt mine. Lastly, I want to shout out our buddy, Devin Burnett, JD Burnett. He is an amazing tattoo artist in Asheville, North Carolina. And he has also graced us with our wonderful podcast art that we love so very much. So go give him a follow on Instagram and get a tattoo if you're in the area. That's it. Stay salty. Stay salty. And see you next year. <laughs> hey, uh, You know, there's an app on the 29th too, right? Oh, is there? Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Well, the people who listen through to the end get this little extra <laughs> in the joke. Little extra nugget. <laughs> well, you know, don't forget to draw an additional card during your upkeep. Bye. Oh, fuck. Bye. I fucked it up. Don't forget to during your draw step. Fucking scrub. Don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's 
start out with i had yet to find an mtg podcast that i actually enjoyed until a random until i randomly found episode 17 after hearing tony's misplay <laughs> oh my fucking god is that where we talk about the infinite combo yes yes <laughs> yes oh man after hearing about tony's misplay howling salt mine has quickly become my favorite podcast for mtg oh thanks man I love the content, the banter, and the discussions on playgroup dynamics, and of course, the salt. Oh, this is not a fucking post. <laughs> this is it's just an appreciation this post. It's just nice fan mail. You should just read it. Sugar break. <laughs> so when yeah. you get to the end, you're like, actually, that was a sugar break. <laughs> this is just a guy being like, hey, I really love the show. All right, I got to <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's take that again. You guys want to say anything nice? Nah, oh, fuck these bitches. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, no. Uh. <laughs> oh my gosh. That'll be our last, that'll be our last blooper of the year. That'll be the last thing people hear as they go into the new year. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking win. It should be on prime time. This is fucking blooper bullshit. No way. <laughs> your, your nonsense gets relegated to the end, sir. <laughs> The real 30% no. Yeah, That's they great. do. They they're hearing it right now. They're hearing this right now. They're hearing everything I'm saying. I haven't cut a bit of it. Ooh. I didn't even Ooh. cut Mike's yawn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I did cut that though. Oh, come on. That was, a, that was an okay Chewbacca, I think. <laughs> All right, let me wrap this fucking craziness up.